This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Flames Nation Radio. Ryan Pike by his damn self this week because Shane, unfortunately, is under the weather. Get well soon, buddy. Uh, brought to you by DoorDash. Ding dong. It's DoorDash. And by Eau Claire Distilleries, makers of Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, it is episode, by my count, 65. Uh, and I believe this should be the last episode we do in 2022, barring anything insane happening in the world of the Calgary Flames. And uh, the Calgary Flames are uh, are doing fairly well. We figure uh, we'll go through very quickly the week or so that was uh, we are on a bit of a regular holiday schedule, the week or so that was followed by uh, we'll look through uh, some really impressive uh, prospect performances in the organization because we're about uh, we're coming up on mid season. Uh, the prospects generally got going a little bit earlier than uh, the national hockey league club. And as a result, you know, you got uh, some of these guys are going a little bit more and have some more impressive numbers. And that's kind of fun, right? So, uh, the last four days have been kind of interesting for the Calgary Flames, or last four games, rather. Uh, they did a back-to-back on the front side of the Christmas break, and then a back-to-back on the back side of the Christmas break. Uh, both of those back-to-backs, they split. They, uh, last Thursday, they lost to the Los Angeles Kings in overtime, 4-3. to three. Uh, Then they went up, well, went down the road to Anaheim, uh, beat the Anaheim Ducks 3-2 to two in overtime. Then uh, they flew home, got into Calgary at four in the morning, uh, had a couple days off, got back to action on Tuesday, the day after Boxing Day, uh, where they lost the Edmonton Oilers two to one. And then they faced the Seattle Kraken in Seattle uh, on uh, Wednesday evening, winning four to three or winning three to two, rather three to two. I'm just adding goals. Uh, So the Flames played four games in uh, just over a week in, actually, yeah, four games in seven days in four different cities and they managed to get points in three out of four Uh, over the course of this week, they went two, one and one. uh, And they're actually in the midst of a seven game stretch where they play uh, seven games, all against Pacific division foes, two against San Jose and then LA Anaheim, Seattle, Edmonton and the Vancouver Canucks, which are coming up on new year's Eve. And the Flames so far in the six games of the seven-game stretch have gone 4-1-1. One, one. That's pretty good. Uh, you know, 4-1-1, one, one, well, if you do that all the time, and especially do that against your own division, you're going to get where you want to go. And so far, so good for the Flames. Uh, if uh, you are like us and you are curious, as we are curious folks around here, it's good to be curious, uh, looking at the Betway 
best of the day results as we do with uh you know we we offer our uh educated guesses we'll say we don't necessarily say bet this way we say if you're so inclined maybe check out these ideas uh but we have had um, a mixed record I, I think it's fair to say it's not like we're running the table uh so let me just bring up the game summaries and we can see how well slash unwell we did uh so dating back to the flames game in los angeles on december the 22nd uh the recommendations we had were flames win <clears throat> nope they lost uh <laughs> so that's that's out the window uh we predicted a Tyler to Foley goal and Tyler to Foley scored a goal. So that's a win. And uh, we predicted the game would be over six and a half goals. Uh, and so two out of three. So like Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. Uh, against Anaheim uh, on the 23rd, we predicted a Flames win. So hurrah. We predicted a Jonathan Huberto goal. And that was... A no, he got an assist. And we predicted a Michael Backlund goal, which was also a no. So one out of three in the Anaheim game. Uh, the game against Edmonton on the on the 27th, back uh, after the break, we said Flames money line win, no. Nazim Khadri goal, no. And under four and a half goals, which was uh, hang out at four to one. It was a plus 400. And that happened. They, they It was only three goals scored the whole game. Uh, and then heading to Seattle on, uh, on Wednesday night, uh, Manjupani, we it was a I think our recommendations were a Manjupani point, which did not happen. Uh, a Rasmus Anderson under one and a half shots, he had four, and uh, a Flames win, and the game would have more than five and a half goals, as in six or more. Also, no, so good result for the Calgary Flames, not a great result for the bets of the day, but. You know, that's uh, those are the kind of things I'm pretty proud of that uh, that the low scoring goal prop that I uh, I recommended uh, in the the Edmonton game. My my thought process is entirely just well, it's got good value. Like if something if something's a, that big of a long shot, like if plus three hundred or plus four hundred, that means you know there's some value there. So even stuff that you think is more of a long shot. Sometimes it's worthwhile to throw a little bit of money, like, you know, two bucks, four bucks, five bucks, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. But, you know, on, on higher, higher payout ones, they're, they're higher payout because they're much less likely. So, you know, erring the side of caution, but erring on the side of caution would have been good there because you got four times your money back if you bet on it. So uh, that was that, but yeah, they're, uh, I think we're pretty steadily clicking in at about two out of three uh, for our Betway bets of the day. Uh, some games zero out of three, but uh, usually two, usually two out of three. So it's not too bad. Uh, meanwhile, so the uh, we're about mid season, so we figured it'd be smart to check in on some of the prominent Calgary Flames prospects and their performances so far. Um, we'll start with we might as well, well we're, we're sorting this by uh, NHL E, which is NHL equivalent. It's meant to approximate more or less what. Uh, a product a player's production level at a lower level could translate into a higher level so it's not an exact science it's an approximation it's that's why it's called an equivalency it's not prescriptive it's mainly meant to provide sort of a 
uh, as close with apples to apples comparison for production across different leagues, including towards the NHL. Although, you know, more often than not, NHL production uh, skews downwards the first few years and then skews upwards in the next couple of years of someone's career. As in, you know, it took uh, Adam Rzichka, who is a, a very productive minor league pro, uh, a couple years in the National Hockey League to really get his stuff together. So, you know, th- that that's my disclaimer. So let's start off with everyone's favorite, Matthew Phillips. He's on, uh, he's playing with the Calgary Anglers. He has uh, a 62.3 NHL E. He is amongst the leading scorers in the American Hockey League. Even though he was gone for three weeks to the National Hockey League and played twice, he's pretty good. Yeah, this, I, we've, we've, you know, well litigated the the merits of Matthew Phillips. He's an exceptional American Hockey League player. Could he be a good NHLer? I don't know. Uh, he's small, but he's done every. He's been small at every level he's been in, and he's produced at every level he's been in. So we don't need to litigate that as much uh anymore uh next up also from the wranglers jacob pelche uh 2019 first round pick he is at a 44.3 nhle he's in the top 25 of scoring uh in the american hockey league uh also with him uh 2020 uh first round pick connor zary connor zary it has a 42.8 nhle uh i'm bundling these guys together because they're both you know, they're plugging along just over a point per game pace in the American League. Uh, Zary is technically in a second year pro, but this is the first day of his, of his uh, NHL contract because of uh, his first year, so last year because of his age. Uh, Pelche is in the second year. Both these guys are really good. Uh, Zari is a center, Pelche is a winger. They're both very good. Uh, Zary is a little bit more physical than Pelche. Pelche is a little bit more of a, a 200 foot four check guy. Zari has maybe a little bit more finesse than he, than, uh, Pelche, but uh, he's a bit beefier. That's why I say he's more physical. Like he has, you know, more finesse potential. Um, but yeah, I think Zari is, is projecting really well as a as a skilled two way center, and he could he feels like he'd be the kind of guy that can you know potentially push for third line minutes uh, at the NHL within a year or two. Uh, he's because he's so new in his pro career he missed all of last you know he missed he missed all of last season's training camp because he broke his foot immediately into uh the, the rookie camp and uh, so this is his first real year he got the full training camp experience and he's quite good uh then he, you know he's gotten off to a pretty good start in the american league and you know he was he was you know second half of last year to the final third of the ahl season especially into the playoffs Terry was really really good and he he's trending in that direction. So, uh, you know, it's, you know, is he going to be a top six forward? I don't, I don't think so, but could it be like a middle six center? Yeah, easily. Same with Pelche. I think Pelche could be really effective utility winger. I would say, you know, Pelche might be a Paul Byrony type where you can just throw him on either wing, you can throw him up and down the lineup and he'll, he'll do a lot of good things for you. And he's, he's got the, the intelligence to his game that makes it really easy for coaches to trust him because you know, Pelche has worked on the power play. He can kill penalties. He's he's got high end international experience with uh, his time with the hockey hockey Canada, the World Juniors. Uh, he you know was a, he was a utility guy at that uh, his first World Juniors, and he worked his way up. He was just a guy that they could put into any situation. He worked out really well. So he he's a uh, one of the easier guys to root for because he's he's such uh, a heart and soul type of player that uh, you know. He's the type of guy, the type of player who will get a lot of opportunities because of how hard he works and because of how uh, how well he integrates with his group. So, 
those are the first three. Next up, bit of a surprise one, uh, if you've been following the Flames, Emilio Peterson, who has uh, been in the organization for a few years. I believe he was, I forget how many years ago he was drafted. I want to say 2018. He was drafted a while ago. The Magic Podcast, where I can just look this up because it's the the magic of the internet. Uh, but Emilio Peterson, uh, according to the American Hockey League website, who better have this information listed, he was an eighth, he was a, a 2018 pick in the sixth round. So he fits the Flames model of let's just pick smaller skilled guys later on uh, and then hope we, we can build them up. And, you know, Peterson, when he's been healthy, when he's been, you know, been able to, to get in the lineup regularly, he's been very good. He has uh, 22 points in 22 games right now. He is, uh, his NHLE is 39-9. So he's just a little bit behind Zari. Uh, he's, I believe, I want to say fourth year pro. Third year pro. He's a third year pro. Um, he has, you know, he's only played 110 games. Uh, he's missed some time due to various reasons. Usually injury, occasionally scratches because you know the, they've been dealing with the numbers game both in Stockton when they were in Stockton and with the Wranglers. They just have a lot of prospects they need to get ice time for. And so Peterson was a guy they could bump out and not really feel too bad about it. And you know, best thing I could say about him is he's worked his butt off to the point where they don't really want to, you know, you, you, he's a guy who does enough good things on the ice that you can't sit him. You want to have him on the ice all the time. Um, next up, Ben Jones. Ben Jones is more of a veteran guy. He's technically a prospect because he's, you know, he's 23, 24, I believe. Uh, but he's an uh, NHLE of 35-3. He's a, a really good center. He's, you know, he's good at everything. He's, a, he's probably a quad A guy at this point already. Um, maybe he's got up, he's still got some upside. He's does a lot of good things. He runs a charity. He scores a ton. Uh, if you're going to knock him, he scores mostly on the power play, but it's better than not scoring the power play. It'd be nicer if he scored more at even strength, but he doesn't do that, but he's got, he's got good size. He's got good hands. He's got good at pretty much everything. He's, you know, he's another one of those guys where, you know, his ceiling's not terribly high necessarily, but he can, he can play anywhere with anyone. Uh, and you know, he's not bad at anything so he's a really useful utility player i think the challenge with him being a utility player is it's hard to really slot him in as this is the guy who will do x like say if you want to say pelche will be penalty kill specialist who plays you know third line wing yeah you can sort of see that like you can sort of make you know if you squint hard enough you can easily go yeah pelche will be a michael for a leak that could be that could work uh jones is a little bit tougher because it's hard to really project out what his nhl potential is because he doesn't really have that that thing that would get him to the next level uh, outside of being a good all around guy. So uh, that's it. Uh, Lucas Siona of the Seattle Thunderbirds next 34.7 NHLE. He's real good. He's having a really big breakout season. He's another six round pick who's turned into something decent. He signed his entry level deal this year. He's big. He can muck around the front of the net. Uh, he can score goals. He was really good in the playoffs last year for Seattle in the Western league, uh, helped them get to the Western league final where they lost to Edmonton. Uh, this year, they're a very good team, uh, and they're primed for another long playoff run. And Sion is one of the big reasons why that is. He's he's just – he's good. He's a, a sort of a WHL-level power forward. Um, Junior-level power forwards sometimes project well in the pro, and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they turn into Brett Ritchie and find a, a, a good niche in the a team's bottom six, a, a north-south physical type. And Brett Ritchie's done a good job building that out for himself. 
or Siona could turn into Austin Carroll. Uh, Austin Carroll was another guy who did really well in the Western League, and then when he had to translate his game to the pro, it didn't quite work as well. So, you know, I think the big challenge for Siona will be figuring out what he can do at the pro level and trying to translate it. But he's he's been a really good success story uh, for the Thunderbirds and a really good success story for this uh, scouting group because, you know, when you get a six-rounder, you're not expecting a guy to be – flirting with the uh, top 20 top 15 top 10 and scoring in the western league uh you know he's not even an overager he's 19 so it's not like you can say you know typically overagers in the western league are the guys who are big burly guys who just shove the 16 and 17 year olds around and use their size to score uh siona's not like that siona's just been a, a really reliable guy and he's a point per game player at even strength so if you back if you take out his power play time he's still a really productive player one of the more productive players in the western league in that respect so that's pretty cool pretty cool jack back is next uh, for the ontario 60s for the ottawa 67s he's only played 10 games so that is the asterisk on him uh nhle of 34.4 over a point per game currently out with uh, an injury uh i'm told uh possible strong possibility he'll be back relatively soon i don't know what re- relatively soon means but soon um back has been a really interesting story i i spoke uh uh, with uh, Brock Gotten from, uh, from from McKean's and a few other places on uh, on Sports Nine Sixty, the fan on on Thursday, and you know the big knock with Beck is if you're if you're thinking they should sign him, they should sign him because he's re- good at a lot of things. He's a good two way player. He's got offensive touch. He can score. He can pass. He can do a lot of things. And he's not gigantic, but it's not tiny. He's sort of part of that smallish defensive player uh, niche that the Flames have had in the sixth and seventh rounds of late. Uh, and he, he's kind of like that. He doesn't have the offensive upside of Rory Karens necessarily, but you can make a case that he's more well-rounded. But the big challenge for Beck is he he did not play at all during his draft year. The 2020-21 year got wiped out because of COVID in the OHL. So he didn't have a draft year. So the Flames drafted him based on how he was the year before. Uh, and since he got drafted, uh, he had uh, a kidney injury, you know, a, a, a contusion in his kidney, which does not sound fun, uh, which kept him out for a good chunk of last season. And this season, he uh, suffered an upper body injury after scoring a goal off an awkward collision. So he's he's got some bad luck. And there might be, you know, if you want to have concerns about his durability, maybe. But I think it's more just terrible luck. Uh, when he's in the lineup consistently, he's really good. He's been one of uh, Ottawa's most consistent offensive contributors when he's healthy. I think the challenge for him is, you know, is this bad luck a sign of just bad luck like some guys have? Or is it a sign that, you know, he has to change something to succeed in the pros? I'm not really sure either way. Um, I think he's the type of guy that because he can score, I'm leaning towards signing him. But if I also find the Flames, I kind of want to get a sense of, you know, how he plays in the remainder of the season and the playoffs so that you can get a better sense of what exactly he is. But, you know, what we can tell right now is he's a he's a pretty good young player and there's definitely a lot of potential there. It's just a question of, you know, what is he and what's his what's his ceiling? Uh next up, uh this is uh, some fun ones. Uh Matt Coronado next up, uh 31.3 NHLE. He is a sophomore at Harvard University, Calgary Flames 2021, first round pick. Matt Coronado scores lots of goals. He's playing in a conference that does not score a ton. Uh, it's very tight checking, very physical, very detail oriented. And Coronado has been really good. He's uh, he, they moved him 
Uh, he's transitioned from being exclusively a right winger to playing primarily at center. He occasionally moves to the wing on the on special teams, but he's played almost exclusively at center five on five, and he's been their first line center all year. And he's driven play. He scored key goals. He's made key plays. He's you know he's he's the guy that uh, is sort of he's he's a straw that stirs the drink for a very good Harvard team. Uh, you know they have Sean Farrell and some other guys on that team who are really good. Who you know. Coronado is not exactly on an island at Harvard as being the only really good prospect there. But I would argue that he's one of the the guys who does a lot of little things really well. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't think it's telling tales out of school to say that the Flames probably want to be signing him this year. Um, you know, I think they had some conversations with this camp last year and they said, we'll talk in another year. And this year he's taken a step and, you know, he was really good in the last two, two and a half months of last year's college season. Basically after the, you know, a lot of his teammates went to the Olympics and he got a bigger role and he said, awesome, more ice time. I'm going to kill it. And he killed it. He was really good and was the reason why they made it as far as the NCAA tournament. He, they were in a position where they needed to win their conference tournament, their conference playoff tournament to qualify for the NCAA. Uh, The national championship tournament gives automatic births to conference conference winners and then everyone else is sort of done based on overall record and their overall record wasn't good enough to make it on merit they'd have to win their way in and they won their way in they they won a couple really close overtime games and he was the guy who was scoring or setting up pretty much all the key goals on the stretch and that's continued this year he's been excellent uh you know numbers are numbers 31-3 isn't exactly as eye-popping as some of these other guys but you know for the for the context of it, of the conference he's in and playing a really structured defensive game at Harvard he's been really good uh Next up, Jeremy Poirier uh, of the Wranglers. He's, he's really good. I, I like Jeremy Poirier. Uh, I would describe him as a French-Canadian Shillington uh, with maybe slightly worse skating. But, you know, he's a really smart offensive player, good in the neutral zone most of the time, really good in the offensive zone. Sometimes he makes uh, risky plays in the in the neutral zone that cause turnovers, but that's something you grow out of because he's only 20. Uh, same with the defensive zone. He's working on it. He's I've noticed some improvements over the last uh, few months since he's joined the Wranglers, but there's work to do. I mean, I don't think he's in any danger of being called up by Daryl Sutter tomorrow. Uh, the Wranglers thankfully have enough veteran guys, DeSimone, uh, Gilbert, some other ones. Uh, they have enough guys ahead of him that they don't need to rush him. But if you're looking for someone who can score you points and run your power play, Jeremy Poirier is the guy. And I think that's, uh, you know, the, the flames get pretty lean uh, in terms of prospects on the blue line after Poirier. But he's he's a he's a good hand. He was really good in the Memorial Cup, and I think he's the type of guy that in a year or two, like say, you know, All Star break next year, I think you're going to look back and uh, at the season and see the progression that Poirier's made, both with and without the puck, and and really, you know, I think that'll when that'll be when we can really see how close he is because I don't think they're going to rush him. Um, Parker Bell's next. Parker Bell is a I believe a sixth round pick in the most recent draft from the Tri-City Americans. He's big, he's lanky, he's got a big body, he's still growing into his body. And the knock on him was he was big and fairly productive despite not really ever being exposed to high-level training. And now he's exposed to high-level training through the Flames. So the idea is they're going to he's going to fill out and he's going to become more productive. He's already one of the Tri-City's best offensive players. He's fairly consistent about a point per game player, a little bit skewed towards the power play. He's not quite as, uh, as even strength oriented as Lucas Siona is, but he's good. He's been a, a really reliable player on a good Western league team. And it's hard to really knock him too much. Uh, again, much like Siona, I don't know if he'll have 
typically top upside. Maybe he tops out as the third or fourth liner at the NHL level, but you know, he's, he's got size and the old cliche is you can't cheat size, but you know, you're, you're hoping if the guys that are, are big also has some skill to them. And so far, at least relative to the Western league, Bell's shown some skills. So I think it's just a question of can his, his game keep progressing as he fills out and as he gets used to uh, his, his physicality. Uh, last but not least, Cole Schwint. He is the last of the Flames prospects with uh, NHL E north of 30. Uh, Schwint's pretty good. He can play the center. He can play right wing. Uh, he's sort of a, a secondary guy on the Wranglers right now because they're so deep, but he gets power play time. He gets special teams time. Um, you could argue he's not quite as dynamic as Phillips, Pelche, Zari, or Peterson, but he's a good hand. Uh, I would say he's kind of similar to, to Ben Jones in that uh, I don't know if he has really, really high-end anything, but he doesn't have any holes in his game. And he's, uh, he's you know, the difference between him and Ben Jones is Schwentz a couple years younger, and I think Schwentz still has some upside that we haven't really hit yet. Um, so he, I, I think the the key is for for the Flames, how do you how do you get him to progress? Uh, Schwentz feels like a guy that if someone gets called up or somebody gets injured above him, will really get a chance to sort of see if he can drive the bus offensively. Uh, but he you know he's he's good in all three zones and he's really reliable. So that's uh, that's what they like about him, and I think that's the kind of thing. You know, the, you have, they have, the Flames have a bunch of, you know, fairly high-end prospects. Um, I'd say they're, they're A prospects. Like if we were talking uh, trade and I'm calling the Flames asking for, for their best prospects, I'm probably asking about Pelche, I'm asking about Zari, I'm asking about maybe Poirier, definitely Coronado, definitely Wolf. So that's five guys that you have, uh, you know, in the mix for things you can add to trades and you know it's very unlikely in any trade you'd be losing more than one of them and that's that's beneficial because if you have one definite blue chip prospect but nothing else i'm only going to ask for that and i'm only accepting that because you know i'm not going to do any favors in a trade but the flames they've done a nice job developing that that uh that cupboard and they've given themselves some some options in terms of if guys get hurt if guys get traded if guys slump so that's the kind of thing you want to you want to you know it's like it's like anything else with investing you, you want to diversify your portfolio and the flames have done a, a fairly decent job in recent years of diversifying um got two games coming up this week they are uh, new year's eve the flames in Calgary against the Vancouver Canucks in the traditional New Year's Eve game. That is the seventh of seven straight games against Pacific Division opponents. The Flames, as mentioned, are 4-1-1 and one and one in the first six games. Then they're jumping on a bus and driving to Winnipeg because Winnipeg doesn't have an airport. I'm sorry, I have to make that joke. Uh, they're flying to Winnipeg uh, after that. On January 3rd, they play the Winnipeg Jets, and then they're back at home after that. So it's... Uh, it's going to be a one and done road trip out to the peg and uh, you know, the flames are going to be trying to get a few more points. They've, you know, they, they beaten Winnipeg once before this year. It was a fairly low scoring game, but I think it was a fairly typical game of what you'd expect from this year's flames in terms of, you know, making life difficult on the jets, not give them any freebies via too many power plays and just grinding the game. And they ground the jets. And they managed to win. And at this point of the season, that's, what they need to be doing. So we'll see if they can continue doing that. Um, as always, please, please, please like us on YouTube, subscribe to our, our Flames Nation YouTube, like, subscribe, comment to this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever else you get your podcasts on. Uh, we're creeping up on, uh, you know, our goal is to hit 20,000 subscribers on the Flames Nation YouTube page by 
the All-Star break. We're well on our way, so we'd love for you to join us on that fun adventure. You can get Flames Nation Radio, Flames Nation Live, and Barn Burner wherever you'd like it. It'll ping you when we got new content. So it takes uh, takes the labor out of it. You don't have to keep looking. We'll just tell you when it's ready. It'll be fun. Uh, so th- that'll do it for Flames Nation Radio. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, hopefully everyone has a safe and happy remainder of the holiday season and a tremendous new year. And we'll be back, hopefully with Shane, who hopefully is feeling better, next week for uh, a new brand new 2023 kickoff edition of flames nation radio. So thank you very much for listening and we hope you have a great week. See you in a week. A lot can happen in three years, like a chat bot, maybe your new best friend, but what won't change needing health insurance, United healthcare, tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some States. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.